Hey kids, welcome back to Clean Slate Farm. Before we get going with the show, I have a small favor to ask. There's a podcast app called Radio Public. It's like YouTube for podcasters. It's uh, from PRX, Public Radio Exchange, and it's like YouTube for podcasts. And PRX distributes some of my favorite podcasts, uh, This American Life, The Moth, TED Talks Daily, Milk Street, 99% Invisible, really, really great content shows. Now, what they do is just before the show, they place a small ad, and we get a little commission for that. It's uh, $20 per thousand listens. doesn't amount to much, but it does help support uh, the Clean Slate Farm podcast. So I'm asking if you could go to radiopublic.com, download the app for iPhones and Google phones, and listen to it there. You'll get a small ad in the beginning, and we get a couple of bucks, hopefully, and it helps support us. Thanks. Let's get on with the show with Sherry Fisher today. We're going to be talking about fall gardening, what Sherry grew, what I grew, and some of the stuff we're doing for fall. Here we go. Hey, Sherry, how you doing? It's good to speak with you again. Oh, it's good to speak with you too, Dave. How's the weather as far as uh, the rain this year? Oh, it has been kind of weird. We started out uh, with very wet spring and then everything went very dry on us. And then... Uh, so I had to do a lot of watering. Uh, and then it started coming back. We started getting pretty normal weather. But it's been pretty hot up here. How about down there? Oh, I think this is the hottest summer I can ever remember. Mm-hmm. Yep, we had the for same the number of, uh For the number of 90-plus degree days. Yeah, it was incredible. And now, uh, just so the listeners know, I'm in central New York, pretty much smack dab in the middle of the state. And Sherry, you're located where? Western Pennsylvania, is it? Uh, southwestern Pennsylvania. Southwestern. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Near near Falling Waters, the Frank Lloyd Wright. Yes, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so our weather up here was extremely hot. And I, I gauge how hot our weather is here by how our peppers grew. Because peppers up here are kind of spotty. And this year, I had an absolute bumper crop of peppers. That was crazy. So um, did you have any good luck with your peppers? I had excellent luck with my peppers, and also another plant that uh, grows uh, really well is uh, the eggplant. When it's really hot, they mm-hmm. love it, and that was uh, a new variety as well, uh, an Orient Express, which I was, that's a more of a, a, an Asian eggplant. Mm-hmm. Large, small? It's long. It's long. It's okay. not a globe one. Okay, yeah. Yeah, a friend of ours grew eggplants. Uh, she has a patio garden. She lives in an apartment. She has a, she grows amazing stuff in a patio garden at the apartment, uh, and she had small eggplants. I don't. She didn't couldn't tell me what the variety was, but boy, were they delicious! We just split them open, rub them with olive oil, and throw them on the grill, and they were just phenomenal. Oh um, yes, very good, yeah. very good. On the pepper side, I grew this year some interesting. I'm, I belong to a seed savers group, heirloom seed savers, on the Facebook. Um, mm-hmm. on the Facebook. <laughs> That's a real old guy saying that. Uh, on mm-hmm. Facebook, there's a group, Heirloom Seed Savers. And I'm going to have to check that out. Yeah, it's pretty neat. And But I did a swap with some people, and I got a new pepper called the Inca Red Drop Peppers. Mm-hmm. And the woman who gave them to me didn't have much information on them. Uh, so I grew them out, and it was like, this isn't, nothing's happening. I had a nice big plants, but nothing was happening. And then very late in the seasoning, it just went nuts. It's I, I've got like tons of these peppers, and I looked up some information on them, and it's supposed to be two to twenty times hotter than uh, jalapeno. Oh my! So I'm waiting that for the hot. 
Yeah, I'm waiting for them to go red. Uh, they're supposed to go red. And a couple of them are going orange. They're starting to turn. But uh, I gave one to my neighbor, and he said, oh, I love hot peppers. And he just bit into it and started eating it. It's like, oh, my God. <laughs> now, I did my banana peppers. Actually, the seeds I got from you did really well, too. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah, I just... Uh, Took some of those, uh, saved the seeds out of a bunch of those, and then I started fermenting. I'm going to make a hot sauce. Oh, that sounds good. Well, we'll know. <laughs> See how <laughs> that goes. So how many different varieties of peppers did you grow? Uh, green, red, orange, and also a um, – and, and the orange one, it started out as a sweet pepper, and now over, over the years of saving seeds and cross-pollination – even though I've kept my hot peppers and my sweet peppers in different areas of the garden, I now have a hot orange pepper. <laughs> Those darn bees. Uh-huh. So I don't know what you would call it now. I thought it was a Cubanelle, but it's it's hotter than a regular Cubanelle. It's a small pepper or a bell, larger bell pepper? Or? It's somewhat of a small bell. Oh, that's kind of interesting. Like Small bell, but it's it's a little bit elongated, mm -hmm. like nails are. Wow! So you started a whole new variety there. Well, the, the, Apparently, the... or the bees did anyway. <laughs> we'll call it Sherry's hot peppers. There you go. Yeah. Now, seed saving—you do a lot of seed saving, right? Yes, I save uh, my tomato seeds and uh, all of my pepper seeds. Those those are the two big ones. Um. The um, another thing that's done really well in the hot weather here was the um, butternut squash, and uh, that the Polaris brand was the variety was the type that I that was the only one that I grew this year because it was the only one that performed or produced the year before to a great deal, you know, and they're and they're big ones. Mm -hmm. Now, enlighten me on butternut squash, because everybody says, oh, I'm growing butternut squash, and I'll say, what kind? You said Polaris, was it? Yes, it's, okay. the, it's the big, long one. Okay. Uh, there, there's also smaller ones that they have out now, but for us, since we like butternut squash, and we like it many different ways, uh, one is good, you know, in your soups, mm -hmm. but uh, the way I, I like them, I just roasted in cubes, and... These are um, these are the types that we like, and the thing is, the small ones aren't enough for us to eat for a meal. It's usually the bigger ones, you know, give us more. Right. And then we, you always like a few leftovers too. Yeah, we grow. I I didn't grow them this year, uh, and I, I wish I did because I make a butternut squash soup. Uh, but I didn't grow them. And it, the variety was Waltham butternut squash, and I got the seeds down in Ithaca, New York, uh, at. Oh, I can't remember. There was a garden center down there and Waltham Butternut. And they grew phenomenal. They were anywhere from 12, well, maybe 10 to 14 inches. Uh, as big around at the, the neck size, was as big around as maybe a grapefruit. And then the bulb on that was you know, larger than that. But they were very, very productive. And I didn't grow those this year. But the thing I don't understand is there's Waltham, there's Polaris, and then there's something else and something else. So they're all different varieties of butternut? Yes, they are. Different strains? And Waltham, Waltham, excuse me, is the one that's the largest. Okay. Polaris is right underneath that and probably just a little more full in the middle. But okay. still shaped the same way. 
Yeah, that would probably be better for soups and stuff because I look for a lot of a lot of I want a lot of squash when I when I roast those up. So, and you cubes mm-hmm. I've been roasting. Yes, yes, uh, I'm. I we've been really happy with that. And also, I'll just cut them in half and uh, put them in the oven too. Yeah. What kind of seasoning do you use on them? Uh, salt, pepper. Sometimes um, I'll put a little maple syrup in, but not much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Any other varieties of squash that you grew? Well, the zucchinis, yes, um, but n- none other of the um, butternut squash. But zucchinis, I had a couple new uh, varieties this year. One was called Green Machine, and I'll tell you what, that Green Machine really produced, it produced early and it produced all year round or all, all summer long until the um, it finally fell from the um, squash vine bore. Yeah. So I, I planted a succession crop that I don't think is going to make it. Mm-hmm. Not enough time. Right. Yeah. And also I've got a lot of, um, I, I, I've been plagued with uh, cucumber beetles really bad this year. Even though I've been using neem oil solution on them. Um, it has, I've, I've been able to fight it off on my cucumbers though. Yeah. So let's talk about pests because we haven't had here this year was, and I think it was due to the heat. I I don't know. I'm going to just say that because, again, we had, like you, quite a few 90-degree days plus. Uh, but I haven't had any problem with pests here at all. I mean, cucumber, uh, squash vine borers. Uh, my biggest pest was trying to keep the cats out of the garden or the chicken, <laughs> chickens out of the garden. Uh, so for cucumber beetles, you said neem oil. What is neem oil? Neem oil is made from the neem tree from India, and you, uh, what you want to do is buy the uh, 100% uh, pure neem oil and mix that with um, one tablespoon per gallon with a half teaspoon of um, Castile soap or any neutral type soap. Mm-hmm. And, and that must act then as, uh, does it, it, you spray the it, bug it, directly or? No, no, no. You you spray the uh, the plant, and it doesn't work as quickly as, say, for example, some of these uh, insecticides. But the thing is, it will work because it works on the the bug eats it on the leaf, and it goes into its intestines, and that's how it eventually dies. Okay, so it's it's systemic on the bug. Then. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I tried neem oil once and I had no idea what it was and I, sh- I, I was remiss. I should have gone in and looked and saw what it was, but somebody said, oh, neem oil. And uh, I'm... But make sure it's not the extract. Yeah, I had the extract because it was it came in just a little bottle and uh, it didn't seem to do anything. But it was a bad year for bugs, so that was probably my problem. And you have to do it about, you have to repeat it about two days in a row and then check to see if they've come back. Because I've also on asparagus, uh, the asparagus uh, beetle larva. Yep. Uh, that's another one that neem oil will clean up. But you have to do some repeated uh, dosages or. Well, there's my problem. There. That was my problem. I didn't do repeated doses. So. And anytime it rains, you got to repeat it. But normally, you you don't have to do it uh, constantly. I mean, every couple of weeks or something. Mm-hmm. Okay, we'll give that a try the next time. And squash vine borers, it works on that too? No, nothing works on squash vine borers. <laughs> Just chop, <laughs> chop the plant up and throw it away. <laughs> That's right. 
yeah. or try to get them in the ha- in the act. Um, I I wasn't very diligent on my garden, and I I actually feel that's why I had you know some problems because I wasn't able to op- even operate a sprayer for a while there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, with the uh, shoulder thing. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Our pest problem was very, very minimal this year, if anything. Uh, so we got away lucky. But uh, tomatoes, our tomatoes grew well and yours? Our tomatoes grew well as uh, and very good production. In fact, uh, the Jasper cherry tomato just uh, ha- is still producing its little heart out. And uh, I've been really happy with uh, everything. And pl- the thing is, the... Um, they're sweet as opposed to um, very sweet opposed to uh, some of the other, we, we weren't real happy with some of the other tomatoes this year or my, my husband anyway was and and my, my um, neighbor that lives behind me, my 93 year old neighbor who has no qualms about telling me whether or not she likes something. (laughs) Well, at 93, you have dispensation to do that. (laughs) (laughs) And that's fine. I don't have a problem with that at all. And uh, both her and my husband uh, prefer um, the uh, red pear tomato from uh, Seeds from Italy uh, mm-hmm. cattle. And it's a, uh, but it's a big tomato. It's not a little one. And um, the the other one they like is Opelka. But both of those are so susceptible to uh, bacteria, to wilts and, and everything else, all the diseases that you can get on tomato plants. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Our tomatoes this year, uh, like I said earlier, we had a, a wet spring and then it, it was kind of normal. And then we had that st- that stretch of hot weather uh, and then we got rain. And what happened was the tomatoes all of a sudden got all that water and they started splitting. And also the tomatoes tasted watery to me. I don't know why. Uh, I'm just... And maybe that was part of the problem, although the uh, cherry tomatoes weren't a problem. But I uh, I know Paul did not care for the uh, – he said they're okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the boxcar willies and the um, better boy. Yep. But yeah. he did prefer the, uh, the jasper tomatoes uh, mm-hmm. than the cherry ones. Now, in, uh, as far as uh, backing up here on the insects, um, I, a problem that I've had over the years because I grow so many coal crops – I grow a lot of kale. I grow a lot of broccoli. Um, in previous years, I've also done uh, Brussels sprouts. I've had the harlequin bug, and I I have had an infestation, but they find it no matter where I plant my coal crops. Now, harlequin bug, is that the one that looks like a, a, a shield? Yes, Okay. except it's black, it's black and red. Yep. Mm-hmm. We've got and them up here, eggs. too. Oh, you do? Oh. All right. Yeah, they're crazy. I never, I never knew. I never have seen these until the last three years or something. I never knew they even existed. Yeah, we saw them first here, probably five, six years ago, and then this year, uh, it was a mix of the harlequin bugs and stink bugs. I mean, they look like the, they, they look the same, just the coloration's different. Yes, if that makes any sense. And mm-hmm. the 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 harlequin bug, I saw. I didn't have them in the garden down here, which was really kind of strange. I saw them over near the apiary where the bees are, but they never hit the garden. The stink bugs, man, every time we turned around, there was a stink bug crawling around on something. That was, those are nasty little. We had a few. We we had a few of them. Um, 
we haven't had so far too many of those. Uh, about five years ago, we had a huge uh, infestation on the south side of our house. Um, every time you'd open the door, I mean, they'd be trying to get in or they'd be sitting on your screen. Yeah, begging for something, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. A little tin cup out there. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, tomatoes, uh, back to tomatoes, I grew the, I just started growing a couple of years ago, um, dwarf tomatoes. And I, I don't know if we spoke about dwarf tomatoes, but dwarf tomatoes are very compact plants. A fellow by the name of Craig Lehoulier, uh grows them and started this whole thing with dwarf tomatoes. And what they are, they're short, compact plants, indeterminate, uh, although every once in a while, one will go kind of crazy and start sending out runners or uh, shoots, uh, vine. Uh, the stalk on them is very big. The stalk can get an inch and a half around or so uh, in diameter. Very, very thick. Stout. They stand up by themselves. Bush type, they get about maybe three feet tall, uh, but prolific. And the tomatoes, every one, he breeds specifically for taste and look. And they come chocolate. Um, chocolate tomato, red tomato, pink tomato, everything. And that's, uh, matter of fact, I did a podcast with Craig two podcasts ago or so. You can look it up on that. Mm-hmm. And just a fascinating guy. But those grew very well this year. And the taste on those was spot on. Although there was a lot of on the bottom, you can tell me what this is, where it's uh, uh, not blossom on drop, but where it gets scabby and crinkly. What's that called? I don't know what that's called. It wasn't. They normally they're nice globed, and I think the weather had something to do with that, because they're mm-hmm. normally not like that. Very tasty tomatoes. We had a lot of them. I took those and cooked those down for our soup. Okay. Now, do you think it was uh, some sort of a blight? I'm not sure what that was. Uh, I, I can't tell you. I think it. I think it might have just been the lack of water, and even though I was okay. watering them. Mm-hmm. But they grew kind of funny. I had three varieties. There's the Tasmanian Chocolate, uh, Dwarf Beauty Kings, and Scarlet Dwarfs. And the, the Dwarf Beauty Kings are beautiful. They're a striped tomato. Very, very tasty. Those seem to be fine. The other two, I had that kind of wrinkly bottom on them. Hmm. Scabby. So if anybody listening to the podcast knows, send us a mail. Send us some David Clean Slate Farm. Let me know what happened there. Maybe somebody can tell me. So, but the tomatoes grew well this year. Peppers I was really pleased with. Uh, and down there, what was your best crop? Best crop was probably peppers, followed by cucumbers mm-hmm. and and cherry tomatoes. I, I actually we did you know have decent uh, tomato. It was a decent year for tomatoes. Mm-hmm. Yep, I think the heat did that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So coming up, we're moving into fall now. Uh, what are you planning? What's what's what do people do? Should people be doing now? It's time to uh, clean up some of your garden, and I I do believe that you should clean up a little bit. Although I do put straw down for certain uh, areas. Some people do uh, cover crops, mm-hmm. uh, such as um, winter winter rye. I have gotten away from winter rye. I I've been actually planting just more bush beans. Sometimes when I uh, pull plants out, and speaking of fall, um, 
that is one of the things that I'll be planting. One of the things I'll be planting, though, is garlic. Okay. And that'll be that'll be coming up in uh, mid October. Right. Yeah, mid to late October. Yeah. Now mm -hmm. you plant beans, and you were planting uh, rye, and that is for what purpose? To add nutrients back into the soil. Okay. That's. Uh, I thought beans took nitrogen out, or did they put it back in? They put it in. Put it in. Put okay. It in. And the rye does the same thing. The rye puts in other uh, elements as well, and I'm um, I, I'm not sure if it's nitrogen on the off the top of my head, mm -hmm. but it's a it's a common cover crop. I know that. Um, oh, what's another one that they? Uh, buckwheat. Yes, buckwheat. Now buckwheat now put will put in um, calcium, and that's something that I've always tried to do. Uh, the following year in the early spring for tomatoes because Plant. because the tomatoes uh, uh, lack calcium in many, many a times, and that's how you'll get blossom end rot. But I also think blossom end rot, I believe, also comes from uh, uneven watering. Yes, didn't do much good. But, uh, so cover crops, now when you play, put rye down, what do you just broadcast it? And then how do you, you just tell it in the next spring or... Yes, and that's that's why I've gotten away from it because I I actually find that a little um, more labor intensive than I wanted to do. Yeah. But there is there is nothing wrong with it. Mm -hmm. It's just that you have to uh, you have to turn it over or you know lightly till it in. Yeah. Whereas uh, buckwheat and uh, beans or legumes, they die down in the winter uh, with cold weather, and mm -hmm. so you don't have to deal with that. And then in the spring, what do you do? Just you just take out the dead plant and. Move on. No, it's usually it's usually composted over the winter. You don't. Oh, even, okay. Most of the time, I don't even have to bother with, with doing anything there. I've never done overwinter crops for uh, for soil like that, like rye or beans or anything. That, but I'll have to give that a try. I've got a couple of beds. I can experiment because uh, I've got one. I've got like eight eight beds now, raised beds. Hey, just another short break here. Did you know we have a YouTube channel? Check it out at YouTube, Clean Slate Farm. We also have a Facebook feed. You can go to Facebook, log in there, and you'll get updates on what we're doing around the farm. We have an Instagram feed. That's fun. All kinds of stuff there. We also have a website, cleanslatefarm.com. At Clean Slate Farm, you can shop through Amazon, and we earn a small commission for everything you buy through Amazon. Not much, but it helps pay the bills. You can also sign up for email alerts. Soon, we're going to be sending out a newsletter to people who subscribe there just a newsletter or alerts, something like that. But you'll get alerts on when we have a new podcast or a new video up. We'd really appreciate that. Hey, back to the show. Cucumbers, you said, grew well. My cucumbers started out very uh, slow, and then it was like somebody snuck up and fed them something <laughs> because they went, <laughs> they went nuts. <laughs> and I still have cucumbers. I'm going to be doing saving some of the cucumber seeds. Uh, do you have any tips for doing that? I haven't saved cucumber no. seeds yet. Yeah, no. I was I was reading about that, and uh, said it's you scoop the seeds out and ferment them, much like tomato seeds. Uh, okay, I'll have to. I've learned something here. See, I'm, I might have to uh, try to do that. Yeah, I'm going to give it a try. I've never done it before. And saving, speaking of saving seeds, uh, I just did an Instagram post of I we. Bought some squash last year because it looked interesting. And it was called the carnival squash. Are you familiar? No, I'm not. It looks like the acorn squash. It looks like acorn squash. 
but it's mm -hmm. multicolored. The bottom looks like somebody dipped it into um, paint, a brown paint. Ooh. And then the top is yellow and orange and green, and it's very pretty. It's a gorgeous squash. Uh, and it was like, wow, that looks nice. I wonder what it tastes like. So we bought some, and it was tasty. And I saved the seeds, and I planted the seeds. And here's an interesting genetics experiment, because on my Instagram feed, you'll see the result of that. One, I only grew one plant, and they came out everywhere from brown, green, striped, what they were supposed to look like, the original. So I came to the conclusion that it was probably a hybrid plant. Mm -hmm. Because nothing... Go ahead. We only had like two squash out of 12 that were true to type. So I find that so interesting, the genetics of how everything, you know, the uh, the following generations where you can see all the different parents or mm -hmm. grandparents. Yep. Isn't that neat? So I'm going to mm -hmm. say from the ones that are, look like they were supposed to, I'm going to save those seeds and plant those and see what happens next year. It will be interesting to see. Yeah, it will. It's... Uh, Genetics is fascinating stuff. Mm -hmm. So cleaning up the garden, we're going to get cleaning. I have to get out there today and do that. And uh, composting, do you throw all your your trimmings and all the plants and everything into the compost pile? No. I uh, will throw my tomatoes this year because there's nothing uh, really that they've had any problems with and also the squash plants. Mm -hmm. But anything from the uh, coal crops, say, for example, the broccoli, no. In fact, I'll burn them. Oh, really? Because... Uh, nothing nothing with, that has anything to do with any type of bug like that. I um, That's been a uh, pest bug I, I won't get rid of. Mm -hmm. it, it, just to get rid of the eggs and everything that might be laying around? Yes. Yeah. Now, normally, do you chop them up or do you just throw them in whole? The plants? Normally, I'll just, uh, normally, I'll just throw them in whole. Yeah. I run them over with the mower. <laughs> then, then have yeah, well, actually, that's, that that composts them more quickly, but mm -hmm. um, in fact, nice. that's probably a good idea. Yeah, I, I don't think it's necessary, except for the big stalks. Uh, then the, the stalks on tomatoes take a while to compost. So. Yes, they do. And, and also some of these uh, bigger plants, like your uh, broccoli and Brussels sprouts do, too. Yep. But since they're since I've had problems with them, I no longer do that, and so hopefully I'm going to hopefully get over this um, cycle here of the harlequin bugs, or at least cut it down somewhat. Yeah, and this is the first year with the harlequin bugs. No, this is my third year with third, them. Oh, third, third, sorry, you said third, yeah. Wow. But it's um, I actually eliminated them in part of the garden, so I'm 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 hoping that that's. Um, well, is is working a little bit. We'll find out. I've also got them in a couple raised beds that I I uh, grow um, my kale in. Mm -hmm. So yeah. that's when the greenhouse comes into play because that way uh, I I now have a number of um, kale plants in the greenhouse that don't have a problem. And I've fortunately with the screens and everything we've we've been able to keep the bug population down. Mm -hmm. Wow. Uh, so for fall, winter, what are you be planting in the greenhouse? Yeah, because you plant a lot of different things, right? Right. But it's it's mostly the greens is okay. what I plant in, in, in the greenhouse, just all varieties of mm -hmm. greens. You do Brussels sprouts in there, don't you? I, I have done that in the past. This year I did not. Mm -hmm. you, have you started the seeds for that, obviously, maybe? Have I what? Have you started seeds for that yet? You started growing it? 
Um, I've already started growing uh, all my winter and fall crops. I start them usually in August, late July at the earliest. <laughs> I, I'm doomed. <laughs> I, I put some more lettuce in, but I haven't got anything else started. So, but then again, I don't have the greenhouse yet. <laughs> well, I I have a problem with lettuce uh, getting it started in the fall in late summer because I have such a problem with the um, another bug that I have a problem with. I I call them roly poly bugs, pill bugs. Oh yeah, they they roll up like little tennis little balls. Yes, yes. <clears throat> I think they're called sow beetles. Something okay. like that. Okay, I don't know their generic, their regular name or mm -hmm. botanical name, but uh, they have a ten they have a tendency to eat the seed that I plant, to the point that I I have to start it in the house and then plant you know the plant being at least uh, about an inch or two tall. Hmm. I'm looking up that style beetles right now. See what we come up with. Uh, I I didn't know they ate stuff. I thought they just walked around. Oh no, they they definitely eat uh, young uh, young plants and and seeds when they're sprouting. Yep, sow beetles. Image for sow beetles. Pill bugs and sow bugs. Mm -hmm. So I have a couple of different things. I uh, I have never had a problem with them. I'm lucky. Yes, you are. I've also, um, although uh, one thing that's never bothered by them is Swiss chard and, and uh, carrots. Um, they they do. That's another crop that always does really well for me, are carrots. And you start that in August as well? Uh, I, I, I plant them all year round, about mm -hmm. every uh, couple of months. Mm -hmm. yeah. Now, what, you're in zone, what, 5A, 5B? I think we're actually 6A, okay. 6B. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're 5B here, so I think I'm too late to plant carrots, but I can give it a try. Because I'm cleaning out, today is my garden cleaning out the date. Get it all cleaned up and get rid of some stuff. So, uh, catalogs, we're looking forward to seed catalogs. What's your favorite seed catalog? Oh, my favorite seed catalog actually is probably high mowing seeds. I'm always looking at uh, all the varieties they have in there. And another one is, um, oh, I like seeing seed savers, mm -hmm. Baker Creek uh, seeds. Uh, they've always got all these interesting uh, varieties. I buy, I, I have bought a number of beans from them, dry beans yep. that I use. And uh, they oh, do. Baker Creek does have a lot of unusual, if anybody's looking for unusual vegetables and plants to grow, Baker Creek has to be the people to go to. They have some very strange stuff. Mm -hmm. and, and, but uh, good. Yeah, very good. Yeah, I I I haven't bought from them in a couple of years because uh, I do so much seed saving now. Uh, but yeah, they're good. I also use uh, fruition seeds. They're in the Geneva, New York area in the Finger Lakes, and uh, which their zone is the same as mine, five B. And whether or not it's true or it works, but I think all the seeds that they grow are from that same zone. And I think they're just hardened to our climate and year after year, they get a little bit better and acclimated. So I know you have mentioned that before and I, uh, I want to try them uh, this uh, coming year. Another one that I like is uh, pine tree seeds. I just heard of them. I've, I've been real, I've, I've um, in fact, that's where my uh, squash um, or my butternut squash had come from. Yeah. Now, I have to ask this question because you grow so much. I, I look at your Facebook feed and your Instagram feed. 
And either you are the master of rotational gardening or you have <laughs> a 300 acre plot down there. About how much square footage do you have? It, it's about uh, 50 by 40. That's it? So I guess about 2,000, yeah. And then I've got uh, one, two, three other additional uh, raised beds that are not in the garden. Mm -hmm. So those are raised beds, and they're raised beds like mine are three foot by eight foot, and yours are about oh, the same, my. right? No, 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 not um, – oh, you're talking about length. Yeah, by like eight. three foot by eight foot length, yeah. Okay, I've got three up there that are um, – uh, they're four by ten. And then I've got about uh, one, two, three. I probably got about 10 that are a foot and a half by anywhere from 12 to 20 feet. So if we were to total up that square footage, that puts you not in the 300-acre farm, but master at rotational gardening. Oh, you, everything is rotated. I, yes, I definitely rotate constantly. You grow a ton of food out of that place. I, I know. It's amazing. Uh, I, we started out with one raised bed mm -hmm. down by the house, and that was a 4 by 12 And everybody was amazed of how much food it produced. And then we start, Then we went to the hilltop and uh, started, um, you know, three more beds up there, larger beds mm -hmm. that were a foot deep. And then the other ones, the, the smaller ones are, even though they're 15, 20 feet, they're only like four inches deep right? Yeah. or six inches or whatever. It's, but it's amazing how, how much food you can produce in a small space. Isn't it? I, I often thought that uh, this year the garden was, uh, I didn't get as much out of the garden as I would have liked to see uh, because I didn't plant well. But it amazes me if you grow the right things. And I've often thought this, that I could feed two or three families out of a small plot like we have. And obviously you could feed like 200 families. <laughs> no, I, I could feed easily also, you know, two or three families in, in addition to myself. Yeah. And for a while I was doing that. And then, um, but with um, family moving to other parts of the country, I, for the, this past year i have downsized a little bit mm -hmm. yeah, it's and amazing. so i just put put in more flowers it's it's the power of the the small garden it's just it's just shocking and somehow a little political statement somehow we can't feed everybody in this country i don't understand this doesn't make sense I don't to either. me doesn't mm -hmm. make sense wow anyway well uh, I think uh, I've got everything I've covered. Do you have anything you want to talk about? Garlic. I think that's about we, gar it. We, yeah. we, we just briefly touched on garlic. Let's hit garlic quick. How was your garlic crop this year? My garlic crop was uh, very good. The, the bulbs came out nice and large like they normally do? Yes. Yes. It's just I was a little late uh, getting them out because that was in the uh, the, the shoulder uh uh, healing stage. And mm -hmm. so I uh, waited for uh, one son to come in from Texas to uh, dig it out. Mm -hmm. And uh, I got them out, some of them a little bit later than what they should have been. But that's fine. I had to use them immediately. So that's never a problem right. because I, garlic is always so good in so many dishes. Mm -hmm. uh, you grow several different varieties, right? Yes. Um, I grow the Dave Lynn Weaver or the Clean Slate Farm <laughs> variety. <laughs> As well as the uh, chestnut red, uh, the uh, bogatier, 
Oh my, uh, German White and um, all hard neck, right? Pardon? All hard neck garlic. Already soft. All hard neck gar garlic, yes. Yeah. Now, uh, Sherry mentioned the Clean Slate Farm garlic. That is, I'm gonna. I think I may have told you, but I'm going to tell you again if I didn't. Uh, for the listeners out there, <clears throat> the garlic I grow here, I have no idea what kind it is. I know it's hard neck. And I got it from uh, an older Italian woman uh, north of here. And when I said, what kind is it? She said, it's garlic. I said, but do you know what variety? She says, well, I don't know. My mother gave it to me. I said, do you know where she got it? She goes, from her mother. So it's three generations in that family. And I've since passed oh, it on nice. to Sherry and several other people. Uh, matter of fact, I grew 650 heads of garlic this year because uh, we use it for our blended balsamic vinegars. I made a new vinegar this year uh, in addition to the maple uh, and ginger we now have the garlic vinegar uh, so I use it for that and I, I sell it and for seed garlic or eating garlic and I had somebody come up this year and bought like 10 pounds of garlic just drove up and said I want garlic and I, I had to turn them down yeah uh, he, I had to turn them down because I need all the garlic I've got now so mm -hmm. so I'm considering growing more garlic <clears throat> Uh, but the variety that Sherry grows that I gave her is, we call it Nona's garlic. Nona is Italian for grandma. So, <laughs> and and it's very good. It is very good. It's, it's not too hot and spicy. It's nice and mild flavor. It roasts for roasted garlic is tremendous. Very, very good. Yes, yes. And also uh, it makes a wonderful sauce from uh, roasted garlic as mm -hmm. well. Yep. Yeah. So our garlic that we planted this year, normally the bulbs are very, very big. This year we had large to medium-sized bulbs and then an unusual amount of smaller bulbs, which I'll use for cooking. I won't replant those. Yeah, same here. The smaller bulbs are always the ones that, are, uh, that we use and also uh, the ones that you accidentally hit when you're taking them out of the ground yep. and things. Or the ones that uh, maybe you didn't get out of the ground soon enough. Always mm -hmm. save the best bulbs and the biggest for the next year. Yeah. It was so dry here when I harvested garlic this year. I never used the garden fork. I just pulled them right out of the ground. That was that worked out great because I didn't have to wash everything off like I normally do. So, mm -hmm. but anyway, anyway, that's uh, I I'm good. Are you good? Anything else? I think I'm good. Oh, great. Well, Sherry, it was good talking to you again, and uh, maybe we'll catch up again before the year is out and see what's happening. Uh, okay, sounds it. good. Great. Terrific. Sherry, thanks for being on the show, and uh, we'll, talk, we'll talk to you later. Hey, thanks for listening to the Clean Slate Farm podcast. Uh, as you've probably noticed, this is a one-man show. I do the recording, the producing, the finding the people to be on the show, and all the background stuff that needs to get done. So I appreciate it uh, when you subscribe and check back often to listen to see if there's another podcast coming up, which there will be, and that's going to be with Jesse Harriet from the Copper Horse uh, Coffee Roasters in Ithaca, New York. That's coming up soon. Uh, Jesse and I are trying to schedule a time. In the meantime, keep checking back, and thanks for listening. Bye-bye.